So, we'll get started, and if I remember, I'll let you know at the end. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy and your grace in our lives. We thank you for the fact that we are able to um, enjoy fellowship with you and to be able to look at your word and to see how it instructs us and calls us to live in light of your truth. We pray that you would help us to have soft hearts that are willing to listen to you and to respond by obedience. We thank you for who you are, and in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Offering. That's right. Thank you, Dale. All right. Before I actually start the, the message part, um, I, I, I've been calling people this afternoon. So if I haven't called you this afternoon and you're a church member, um, you can be expecting a phone call. Um, probably not tonight as I'm a little tired, but probably tomorrow you'll be getting a phone call from me. Um, so um, the deacons tomorrow um, are going to be counting the offerings that have come in since all this coronavirus started and uh, us using Facebook as our primary means of communicating with you. Um, so tomorrow they're going to be getting together at 5.30 and they're going to be counting up offerings. So if you have any offerings, um, you can mail them and they'll try to count them. Or if you want, you can let me know and get them to me and I'll get them to the church by 5.30 when they're there to count them. Anyways, so I think that's um, the, the only announcement uh, that we had right now. Thank you, Dale. All right, Genesis chapter 26. As we look at Genesis chapter 26, um, there are times in our life where a lack of faith leads us to act in a certain way. And sometimes our actions, if um, people actually knew about our motives... It would, it would breed a lot of disunity within our midst. One of the clear illustrations of this from my childhood was well, when I grew up, I would play with my sisters a lot of times. And when we'd play together, a lot of times they'd want to play various games where one of them was the princess and I was the prince. And that was how we would play a lot of times. And as we would play in these ways, uh, one of my sisters would normally want to be the the princess and would want to have the feminine role in the story. And I had a sister that I liked sometimes to pick more often. So I would I would um, I would say, well, I'm gonna choose you by random, and I would use Inky Dinky Donkey or one of those means of picking somebody at random. But I already had it all planned out and I had it figured out. I knew which one it would land on if I started with this one, if I did the Inky Dinky Donkey or one of the other uh, such things that we use to determine who will get something. Because I'd counted and I knew how many sisters there were and I knew if I went in this order that it would always land on this sister. Now, if my sisters had ever found out that I had it figured out, and it was all a scam from the very beginning, and they found out that I was purposely working in such a way to deceive them so that one of the sisters was always the feminine role and the other sisters ended up being the masculine roles in our fantasy games, that would have brought about a lot of deception. 
And as we enter the story of Isaac blessing Jacob, we see that all the main characters of the story are working towards deception. They're working towards deceiving one another. And as they work towards deceiving one another, it really reveals their hearts. It reveals their motives. It reveals their desires. And what it really shows us is that they have a lack of faith in God's plan, in God's word. And because they have a lack of faith in who God is and what God's word is and what God's plan is, it leads to deception in their family. And that deception actually ends up bringing about disunity in their family. And the same thing is true for us. As you and I encounter God's word and God's word says, this is what I am giving you and I. And you and I look at that and we're like, you know, I really want this other thing. Or I really don't want to wait for God's timing for this promised blessing. You and I are willing to turn to deception as well. And as we turn to deception, it will ultimately bring about disunity. The big idea is I must trust God to provide the right blessings at the right time. I must trust God to provide the right blessings at the right time. If you want to take your Bibles and let's read Genesis chapter 26, verses 34 through Genesis 28, verse 9. When Esau was 40 years old, he took as wives Judith, the daughter of Beeri, the Hittite, and Bessemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. And they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old... And his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau his older brother, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he said to him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the fields and hunt game for me, and make me savory food which I love, and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then you will take it to your father, that he may eat it, and that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself, and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go, get them from me, for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her older son Esau, which was in her, 
which was with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids on the goats, on his hands, and on his smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father? And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit, and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's game, so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him. And he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near, and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing, and blessed him, and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food, and brought it to his father, and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who, where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him. Indeed, he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, me also, O my father. <clears throat> but he said, Your brother came with deceit, and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master. All of his brethren I have given to him as servants with grain and wine. I have sustained him. What shall I do for you now, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth. And of the dew of heaven from heaven, from above, by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother, and it shall come to pass, when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. So Esau 
hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The day of mourning for my fathers are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you. And he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved, be bereaved also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like those who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from, the, from there, the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and, may your, and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be, a, be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessing of Abraham, to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padanaram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob, and Esau. Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padanaram to take himself a wife from there. And that, as he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and had gone to Padan Aram. Also Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan did not please his father Isaac. So Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife in addition to the wives he had. It's a long passage. And as we look at it, once again, the big idea is that God wants you and I to trust him to provide the right blessings at the right time. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and then we're going to unpack um, some of the different aspects of the text. Father, we do thank you for who you are. We thank you for the fact that you are faithful, that you are trustworthy, and that you do uh, provide for us what you want us to have when you want us to have it. We pray that we would be willing to uh, trust your plan and to trust your provision. We pray that as we do so that you would help us to uh, grow and see unity grow among our church. In your name we pray. Amen. As you begin the text, it starts off in verses 34 through 35 and it's Probably should be part of verse chapter 27, but they didn't add it there. And it's just describing the introduction to Esau. And you see that Esau has taken these wives and he's broken from the tradition. And he's taking multiple wives and he's taking multiple wives from the land that they live in and not from outside of the land that they live in. And you see that this problem brings about grief in the family. And 
that just kind of sets the tone. And as we work our way through the text, there's there's more and more grief. There's more and more disunity as a result of the family continually trying to deceive one another and to achieve blessing that God has not given them at that specific time. And it all begins with Isaac. Isaac is the first man that you see in the text. And as you see Isaac in the text, he begins by seeking blessing that is not his, seeking something that God has not designed for him to give to someone else. He, he calls his son, his favored son Esau, and he tells Esau, come, I want to give you the blessing. And this is how it's going to be done. It's going to be done in secret. It's going to be something that's done between me and you. You go, you hunt, you bring back the food. This is a private ceremony. It's, it's a complete break from how we normally would think of a public ceremony like this happening. And the reason is he's, he's not following God's initial plan, God's instruction for how this is supposed to proceed. It's interesting, if you go back to Genesis chapter 25, verse 23, what happens there is God comes and he tells the mother. He tells, uh, in verse 24, um, you see that God is talking to Rebecca, and Rebecca is struggling because she has these two children inside her who are struggling. And she is asking God, why is this happening? And what does God tell her? Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And so you already have in chapter 25 this understanding that God is going to choose, God is going to have the younger person be greater than, in some way, the older. And yet when you get to this text, Isaac is still seeking to live in a deceptive way that allows his older son to receive the blessing that God has already said is supposed to go to his younger son. And it's going to breed disunity as you work your way through the rest of the text. In verses 5 through 17, you see Rebecca, the wife, is also pursuing deception. She's trying to deceive her husband and she's using the younger son, her favored son, to accomplish this task to deceive their the father and the, the husband. And, and you see her, she's planned it through. She tells Jacob exactly what he's supposed to do. This is how you're going to do this. You're going to go get these two kids, and you bring these two kids, and I'll cook them just the way. And Isaac, or Jacob is like, well, what about this problem? And she's like, I got a solution for that. No problem. What about this problem? And she says, no problem. This is the solution for that problem as well. Every single problem that Jacob brings up, Rebecca has a solution for She's plotting how she is going to deceive her husband. And that, that works its way all the way through the text. She's just continually deceiving, conniving, seeking to promote her son, to achieve the blessing that God has promised Jacob. But not in God's timing. And as you continue to work your way through the text, you get to chapter uh, 27, verses 18 through 29, and you continue to see that Jacob is going to follow through with this plan. And so he, he goes to his father and he says, my father. And his dad's kind of like, well, who are you? And Jacob responds with a lie. Once again, deception. 
And this deception is going to have consequences. It's going to breed a bad result. And it's actually demonstrating a lack of faith. A lack of willingness to trust in, to rely in who God is. The previous chapters have over and over again illustrated to us that God is trustworthy, that God is faithful, that God will accomplish his intended end, and that God can be trusted. We can rest in who our God is. And yet, as you enter these chapters, these people are not demonstrating a theology that allows them to live differently than the world around them. The idea that God is somebody who is trustworthy, who is faithful, who can be depended upon, is completely foreign to these individuals. And as we look at our lives, all too often we struggle with very similar difficulties. Our lives demonstrate a lack of trust, a lack of faith in who God is. The text moves on, though, as we look at Jacob's deception of his father Isaac. And, and so Isaac is questioning. He, he's not sure that this is indeed his son Esau. And so he's, he's questioning. He asks questions. And every time he asks another question, they've already thought through this. And they've made plans so that it appears as if his son Jacob does appear as if. He is Esau. And so he, he calls him closer and he says to him, Are you really my son, Esau? And he says, I am. And he says, Bring me the food. And he brings him the food and he asks him to come near him and to kiss him. And as he kisses him, he smells the clothes and he's feeling him. And he acknowledges that while the voice does not make sense, the voice does not appear to be that of Esau. He says, everything else makes sense. This must be Esau. And so he proceeds with the plan. He's going to secretly bless what he thinks is Esau. Why? Because Isaac is just as much involved in the whole deception as is as is Jacob or as is Rebekah. In verses 30 through 32, you see that Esau is also involved in this idea of deception. And he's seeking to work the situation to accomplish his desired end, to accomplish his purpose. And so as he enters the scene and as Jacob leaves the scene after receiving a very significant blessing from God... He says, let my father arise so that he can bless me. And his dad asks him, well, who are you? And he says, well, I'm your firstborn son, Esau. And you see, he's also involved. I mean, this is supposed to be a public ceremony. This is him blessing his future son. It's really interesting. You fast forward a number of years, maybe 50 years, maybe not quite that much, but at least 14 years. 
And Isaac's not dead yet. Isaac lives for a good long time after this. And so it seems like there's there's deception even in the the idea that begins the whole thing in the early parts of Genesis chapter 27 where he's like, we got to do this right now because I'm on my deathbed. But he doesn't die for a while yet. And so there's this deception and Esau goes along with it. And the deception points to a lack of faith. And when you and I demonstrate a similar attitude, when we have a lack of faith, it will lead us to disobedience. It might not be that it leads us to deception. But a lack of faith will always lead us to some type of sin. When you don't believe God's commands, when you don't believe that God is who he says he is, you and I will never respond as we should to his instructions, to his character. And when we fail to respond to God's character, when we fail to respond in faith, when we fail to respond in trust, it always brings about dire consequences. And those consequences may not be disunity as it is in this story. But when you and I fail to respond in faithful trust of who our God is, it will always bring about dire consequences. As we continue to move on through this story, you see that deception actually breeds disunity at the end. In verses 33 and following, you see that the consequences are for many people. Isaac realizes the consequences. And as he learns the consequences, he has failed to secure the blessing for his son. He trembles at the thought. And he asks, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? All his deception, all his planning have failed. And Esau has now failed to secure the blessing that he was seeking to accomplish, seeking to acquire. Because he's blessed Jacob already. And he says he will be blessed. And what's Esau's response? Esau's response is that he cries out. And he asks God, his, his father, to bless him, to bless him also. And his father responds and says... Your brother has been deceptive. And through his deception, what has happened? The blessing has been lost. I can't give you the blessing. It's already been given to him. And then there's this whole play on words that's been going on this whole time where Jacob is, is very similar to the whole word of deception in the Hebrew. And so Esau says, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? And as he continues the conversation with his dad, his dad is going to say something really interesting that points to what all this deception brings about. All this deception brings about a bad consequence, and that bad consequence is, in this story, disunity. 
Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, my father. And then what does his dad say to him in verses 39 through 40? Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now that sounds like the type of family relationship that you and I want, right? One sibling eventually grows restless and breaks the yoke from the other. No, that's not what anybody wants. But that's what the dad is saying is going to come as a result of all this. It's disunity. And as you continue to work through the text, there's huge problems that come as a result of this text. Esau faces the result that he now is plotting murder. In verse 41, as he, he contemplates what he has lost and the fact that his brother has once again deceived him to acquire the blessing that God had planned to give him, but had not given him yet, he says, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's escalating very, very quickly. And Rebecca, earlier in the text, is seeking to acquire blessing for her son. She's seeking to advance her son. And all this is motivated by a desire to uh, see her son achieve. But note her conversation with her son. She says to Jacob, her son, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, still, still seeking to plan, seeking to see things through. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him a few days. This isn't supposed to be a long-term plan. A few days. Until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? Why should I lose your dad and you in one day? Because as soon as your dad dies, what your brother has said is going to happen is he's going to come after your head next. So what's best for you to do is to run away to my brother stay with him and when all this kind of eases over i'm gonna have you come back is that okay but what actually happens rebecca never sees jacob again at least it's not recorded in scripture that she's ever going to see jacob again she thought that she was gaining something for her son but through all this, she actually loses her son. The results of a lack of faith, the results of a lack of obedience to God, which is demonstrated by deception in our text, but it actually is much deeper than just deception. It actually points to a lack of faith and trust in who God is. When our God is small, it will allow us to, it will lead us to pursue sin. And when you and I pursue sin, it brings about bad consequences. 
It brings about a distancing of us and our God, of us and our community, of us and our church. And so the danger is that you and I would fail to trust God. This text is demonstrated by deception. That's how they fail to demonstrate their trust. For you and I, though, it could look a lot differently. It could be deception. But it could also be a failure to obey the instructions of Scripture. Your failure to trust could be demonstrated by a lack of time spent in God's Word on a regular basis. Your failure to trust God could be a dependence on some various form of addiction to try and mend or try and cope through the difficulties of the coronavirus pandemic and the, the difficulties of being confined to your house. Maybe you, you turn to binge watch Netflix or maybe you turn to reading novels instead of finding constructive, useful time ways to use your time to invest in growing and becoming a more mature individual serving others could be that you pursue other means of addiction but when we have a lack of faith and trust in God it will lead to sin and that sin will distance us from God and from others in our world the text moves on, and you see that not only does Rebecca lose her son, but Isaac is also going to lose his son, because his son's going to go off to Padanaram, and he's going to be there for 14 years until he gets two brides, plus some more time, okay? It's a long time. Rebecca comes, and she's trying to connive still and doesn't want to really tell uh, Isaac what's going on and she says you know I don't really want my son Jacob my favorite son to get married to one of those girls like Esau got married to so let's just send him off to Padanaram and he can get married to one of those girls it's a really nice girl but what does that mean that means that he loses all that time with his son Isaac and we've already learned in the very beginning of all this, in Genesis chapter 26, verses 34 and 35, that Esau has already distanced himself from his parents. Why? Because he has these two wives that have been a source of bitterness, a source of hostility in the family already. So really, Rebekah and Isaac are losing both their sons. Why? Because the family is showing a consistent lack of faith, lack of trust in who God is a God who has time and time again demonstrated himself to be a trustworthy, faithful God. The text moves on. And as we continue to work through the text, you see that Jacob comes before Isaac and Isaac actually gives him the blessing. And it's interesting in verse four, he actually tells him the blessing that was given to Abraham is given to you. And you see that he is acquiring the full realization of God's blessing. Isaac is beginning to understand this is God's plan. This is God's will. I can't change it. I need to live by faith. I need to live in trust 
of who God is and, and God's plan. And the text sadly ends with Esau desperately trying to restore his relationship to his parents, and yet he fails. He, he does not restore himself. He can't restore himself. And it just once again reminds us, when you and I demonstrate a lack of faith, a lack of trust in who our God is, that results in some kind of sin. And that sin will demonstrate itself in a distancing from God, which will result in a distancing from the other loved ones in our life. And so Isaac hears that his, his younger brother has gone off to get a different a, a wife from Padanaram, and what does he do? Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan did not please his father Isaac, so Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife in addition to the wives he had. The story is a really, really sad story. But it demonstrates for us the danger of failing to trust in God, of failing to live in obedience to God. Your difficulty might not be that you, you demonstrate your lack of faith, your lack of trust in God through deception. But as you and I look at our lives, there's a series of questions of, of ways that we can think through the text and ask ourselves, am I demonstrating that I trust God? Am I faithfully engaging God's word? Am I faithfully going to God with the, the concerns, the burdens, the trials, the difficulties of this life Am I taking those concerns, those burdens to God in prayer? As I encounter God's word and God's word says that I'm supposed to be serving in my local church, are you seeking ways to engage in service to your local church? As you read God's word and, and God's word says that you're supposed to be finding ways to engage your community and to point them to who Christ is. Are you seeking to do that? As you look at God's word and it, and it tells you that you will, you will place your faith and trust in something. It might be that you place your faith and your trust in, in a cup of coffee to get you through this day. It may be that you place your faith and your trust in that innocent TV show that you binge watch for hours on end. It may be that you place your faith and your trust in, in a video game, or you may place your faith and your trust in, in pornography. But all those things are means by which we demonstrate a lack of faith and trust in God. And when you and I have a lack of faith and trust in God, it will lead to sin. And sin will result in disunity, separation from God, which will result in separation from other fellow believers and the community around us. I think what, what this text is really telling you and I to do, what, what, what Jacob would tell you if he could, if he could sit down right across from you 
And he could say, this is how you should respond to the truth of this passage. This is how you should respond to the, the horrible situation that I and my family had to go through, where all four of us are fighting and biting each other and horrible family life, right? Let me tell you what I learned from this. What I learned from this is that I need to trust God. I need to live in faith before God. And that means that you and I can't resort to our own means of acquiring God's blessing. You might think that you can find it on your own, but God's word says that he is our source of hope. He is our source of provision. Ultimately, that is found in the death of Christ. How can you and I live in faithful obedience to God's word? It's not because of who I am. It's not because of who you are. It's not because I read the Bible for, you know, three hours a day or two hours a day or 15 minutes a day. It's not because you do that. It's not because of the time we spend in prayer. It's because of who Jesus Christ is. That he came to the earth. He died on the cross for, for your sins and for my sins. And that if I place my faith in him and ask him to forgive me of my sins, he freely does that. And then finally, enjoy the blessings that God has provided you. You know, even as we go through a really difficult situation, the, the coronavirus is a difficult situation. Lots of people have lost jobs. Lots of people's normal activities have been seriously hampered. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to grow. I mean, this isn't going to just end. The economy trickles down. So what affects one level of economy will eventually affect all levels of economy. It will affect you. But as you go through this and, and times get more difficult for you or for your family, but encourage you to enjoy what God has given you. Yeah, work hard. When you get a job, work. But as you go through difficult times and you wish that you had this or that, I would encourage you to enjoy the blessings that God has given you and to continue to live in faithful trust. Because when you and I decide that what God has given us is not sufficient, and we decide that we're going to go look for something else and that we're not going to trust him. It brings about darkness. It brings about very bad things like we've seen in the life of Isaac and Esau and Rebekah and Jacob. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the reminder that we must live in faithful trust before you that when we fail to live trusting your good plan and we seek to find our own way through the difficult situations that we go through in life and we seek to pursue your blessings in our own time and in our own way we end up in, in difficult situations and we end up separating ourselves from from you and also from others. We pray that you would help us to pursue Christ-likeness, help us to pursue loving you this week. In your name we pray, amen.
On Wednesday night, we'll have a Zoom prayer meeting. If you don't have a regular place that you worship, we would encourage you to join us for that. Thank you. Good night.